0: How you see the world is your perspective so if somebody looks scary to you they're going to be scary. if you perceive them to be scary then they will be scary combined we probably have like a little over twenty thousand dollars so that should be enough money for us to, legal, move to welcome to the bamboo project podcast where you can see how we turn our life into a living So I want to start off by giving a shout out to the Bamboo Project family. I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in every week. This may be your first episode, but for everybody else, this is episode 39. And if this is your first episode, you have a lot of catching up to do. And for all the people who do not have YouTube premium and still want to hear this podcast and listen to it, the audio link will be in the description below. Uh, We are on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker. Radio Public, CastBox, Overcast, and Pocket Cast. So for everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, okay, we have a YouTube channel, which is currently doing numbers right now. We're getting our subscribers up. It is called, you already know what it's called, The Bamboo Project, where we have over 200 videos of cooking tutorials. We have travel lifestyle vlogs. We have tips on makeup. We got hair growth. We got basketball. We currently have wholesale and real estate and everything us on the channel. And if you want to see how we accomplish all of these tasks and our day to day activities, you can find us on social media. Okay, mine is D.O.N.I.V.A.N.G.R.A.Y. And my amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A.N.E.T.A.B.U.R.N. My Instagram and Twitter are the same thing. So on the Bamboo Project, we have multiple different projects. Okay, we have the food project. We have the music project. We have the clothing project. We have the fitness project. We have the Sports Project and we have the Bamboo Project podcast, which we're listening to right now. Uh, if you want to, you know, get on the phone with me, you can DM me on my Instagram, Donovan Gray. We can get on the phone, to have a little, you uh, do a consultation or just kind of have a little talk about what you're going through. If I can help you out, let me know. And we have the timestamps for this video in the description below, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're listening to it on one of the major streaming platforms. Okay. So today's date is December 15th. It is 2.04 p.m. For all of the family that already knows how we get down on this side, we are very late. Uh, We will get into the reason why we are very late, but, you know, I think it's justified for today. Um, The Bamboo Project podcast has four different subject, No, segments. They're called segments. We have four different segments, okay? We have the life update, which is, as the title says, a life update. That is when I will give you an update of what my last week consisted of. We have episode playback. That's when I have a chance to kind of go over what i talked about on last week's podcast in case i might have missed something or want to elaborate a little bit more on it we have donovan's questions which when i kind of have a question i've been asking myself for the whole week and i kind of want to share with the public to see what other people think about it okay and then we have the last and final segment which is the, the uh, topic for the day right? right today's agenda will be you have to either have the energy the money or the network okay or no, that's it. That's the, that's the first one, because last week we'd actually go over the topics because other things that came up. And the other topic is people will want you to lie to them and they resent you for doing it. Those are two things we're going to talk about today. I have the time to do so. So starting off with the life update, I think I'm going to start with Airbnb. Um, So we are doing real estate right now. We are getting into the real estate game, honestly, from a lot of different perspectives. So I have a friend namaya who is doing real estate he has he has had airbnbs he was an agent and a realtor or he was an agent before and he also uh he also is flipping properties right now so you know we we've been kind of trying to figure out what i'm gonna do from that end so we've been talking about real estate with him and trying to get into the flipping game from that side we've also been learning wholesaling which is when we get a property under contract which means that we tell the person we're going to buy the house for a certain price then we don't have the money to pay for it so we take that contract and give it to another person who has the money to pay for it and then they pay us a finder's fee for that property um we're doing that and now we are looking to get into airbnb uh within the next six months so let me drink some water need a break So, this people may be new, but they know how we get down on the podcast. Don't do it again. <laughs> it's ASMR. Okay, so let's see. What can we? How, what should I even start with this Airbnb thing? I, it's, it's kind of a lot to unpack, but I might have talked about this before on the podcast a while ago. There is a girl in Atlanta. Her name is Alexia Wright. Amazing individual from what I've seen as far as how she handles her business and how she markets herself. Um, and what she's doing, I think she has 25 plus properties of Airbnb. Uh, I believe she's 23 years old, 24 years old. And according to her, last I checked, she's making she's grossing like 60, 70 thousand dollars a month, something like that from Airbnb um, at 23 years old. I think that's phenomenal. Um, she was on Earn Your Leisure podcast. She talks about her experience starting at Airbnb, how she almost lost all of her apartments last year because of the Corona or this year because of the Corona pandemic thing going on um so we have decided that we want to get into that also because we have been investing into the stock market and people who are new to the podcast uh on my instagram i have put in my instagram and when when the whole market crashed that step one for my plan was to put money to the stock market so when it flips by the end of the year going into next year we have money to invest into real estate we were planning on using it to actually flip a property um, but now it seems like we're probably going to end up using Airbnb, doing Airbnb. So combined, we probably have like a little over $20,000, uh, combined between the both of us. So that should be enough money for us to now take a minute. Here we go. Move to Atlanta. Okay. So we are considering moving to Atlanta to start Airbnb. Uh, the Airbnb would, we would get a luxury Airbnb, in one of the, uh, rent one of the luxury buildings. And then probably like a three, two bedroom maybe, and then maybe two bathrooms, something like that. And then we would just stay in a studio in the same building. We would rent out one for Airbnb and the other one we would stay in ourselves. We've just kind of been looking to see how the Airbnb game is going to go because we're my goal right now is to have income coming in that I've not necessarily, one, two types of income. Income that I create myself, where it's not really somebody paying me, as if when I was doing air, when I was doing uh bike messaging, that one was closer. That one was in the middle of where I want to be as a entrepreneur and or a person that adds value, and where I'm trying to get to because I was not working at an establishment like you know I wasn't at Starbucks, I wasn't at Target, I wasn't at Whole Foods. I was like okay. I'm not working for a check necessarily because with those jobs what I don't like is there's a cap on how much money you can make. That was my problem there. The issue was that I had to work very, very hard for the money that I wanted to get as a bike messenger. Now it was good at first because I kind of got to dictate my own hours and I was a 1099 contractor. So I kind of learned the ins and outs of how to be a entrepreneur on the legal side of it. Cause that's one step of being an entrepreneur is a 1099 contractor. So I learned a little bit of that. And then I'm trying to transition now into, I create, like I make as much money as I can create to make. Before it was, how hard can I work to make a lot of money? Because before when I was working at the YMCA, I used to think, okay, if I can come to work, you know, on time every day, then I can make X amount. I can make a thousand dollars for that week or for the next two weeks. Then I started working as a bike messenger at a restaurant. And I said, okay, if I could come in early and take more shifts, I can get, make a lot of money. But what happened was, People, for whatever reason, they were always kind of stifling me from doing that because I would try to pick up all the extra shifts. And then once, once at a certain point, they would say, no, Donovan, you can't get any more shifts. And I'm like, oh, y'all are putting a ceiling on me. So you're telling me I can't make more money? Not that I don't have the ability to. Y'all are actually preventing me from making more money. And I'm like, OK, I can't do that. So then I got into the back messaging game for like Caviar or, try or DoorDash now, Uber, Postmates, that kind of thing. So doing that, I realized, OK, I can work. I could come to work and work 12 hours a day every single day. And I can make as much money as I can make as, as long as I can take that many orders. Now, there's a cap on that as well. But the the ceiling is a lot higher because now I kind of dictate how much money I can make. Nobody is telling me, Donovan, you can't make any more money. It would just be at that point physically impossible to make more money. I can't work more than 24 hours in a day. That's just all I can work. Um, so, but like I said earlier, I was going in the right direction. So now Airbnb I don't have, if I can have enough people on staff that are able to clean Airbnb, check people in and out, things like that, then I can just keep growing the company. I can just keep growing it and growing it and growing it. And there's no ceiling how much money I can make unless, you know, all the money in the world. That's pretty much the only ceiling. And at that point, I'm fine with that. That's our plan right now going forward with Airbnb is to try and do that. And that's the main reason why I feel like I really want to get into it. Because right now we're doing wholesaling. Airbnb is a lot less actual man labor to do it, but the barrier to entry is higher because you have to pay to actually get an Airbnb. Like that's the issue with it. So because we have money saved up, it's easier for us to just go, okay, we're gonna move right now, get a nice place, pay for our own rent, and it'll be fine. As opposed to if you're just starting out and you don't have any money, it's like, okay, how do I pay for an Airbnb? Because we're planning on doing is we're gonna we want to pay like three months or four months in advance on our rent. Just as a kind of a a concession to the landlord, the the, uh, the, the property owner. Like, hey, we're serious about this. And, you know, Did we want to kind of lessen your uh, whatever kind of issues you may have with having Airbnb in the building. So if we pay our rent out for the next five months, you go, OK, worst case scenario, if I don't have a tenant for five months, I know I got my money. And that's, that's perfectly fine with me. Um, so you can't really do that if you don't have the money, though. So because we were able to invest in the stock market and get some returns on that and save a little bit. Now we able to kind of make moves that require money. Now with wholesaling, you can, you can do wholesaling with zero dollars and make money off of it. It's going to be extremely hard to do that. It's possible, but it's going to be extremely hard to use zero of your own money. You have to be a very good uh, negotiator. You're gonna to have to be very, uh, creative and you're going to have to be very good or have very good social skills. Um, so that's how that goes. And then the flipping thing also, you need to have money. Or somebody like Namaya, who's, um, who I'm partnering with to do deals. So he sent me a deal today or yesterday that I'm going to have to look over to see if he wants me to. He wants to know. He wants to know if I can if I want to get in a deal with him. I'll give him some money towards the down payment and then I'll get a return of whatever percentage I put in on the down payment. So like I said, I'm trying to make some moves over here. I'm trying to I'm trying to get out of not being evicted. I'm trying to get I am trying to not get evicted. I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to create a life that is worth living or turn my life into a living you know how we do here on the bamboo project podcast so that's where we're at with airbnb um melissa was through airbnb very bad she it was it was mostly her idea like 90 i'll say 90 percent. it was 90 percent her idea um and she is tired of wholesaling real estate so she wants to move yesterday if it was up to her we would have probably left already and just been walking around atlanta trying to figure out what we're going to do next um but I would prefer us not to do that just because i like to have a plan before we go over there and then, you know, act a fool over there. I'd rather go, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to act a fool when we get there? That's kind of how I like to approach situations. So we chose Atlanta for Airbnb because it's a very air, it's a very Airbnb-friendly place. And that's where Alexia is at. So we kind of figured if she's doing it, then other people can do it there as well. Um, they have nicer buildings. People are still, it's open because of the whole pandemic situation that's going on. So people are still going there and things like that so i'm like okay and we think about buying her course too which is about 2500 so i'm like all right this seems like it would be a good place to move to um it's nice weather as far as i know i think i don't know if it gets cold how cold it gets down there i'm not sure but either way so that's why we chose atlanta those are the main reasons why we picked to go to that place um so another thing too is my sister both my sisters are uh, sending me money soon which is kind of funny so my sister on my dad's side is sending me money because my dad passed and he left me some money and it's been taking my dad passed a lot like earlier in the year I don't really remember which month it was um and he had left me like a few thousand dollars so I've been I've been waiting to see when I'm gonna get the money and it just seems so that I'm probably gonna get the money this week It honestly should be coming in within the next three days so I'm taking some of that money and putting that towards the down payment or putting that towards the Airbnb money then I had told you guys earlier the only reason I'm able to even survive right now without Ha- without having a job or paying is because of my sister nephew like i say this all the time she's on a podcast before uh what episode was that that she was on, she was on uh like i said i i would i would not be where i am right now without nephew without her i wouldn't be doing any of these things she supported me financially for this she has loaned me money when i was getting into the bike uh game the biking game and doing things like that so like i can't say it enough how much my success is built as a foundation of her. Like she is the foundation of what I am today. And that's not even, that's just on a financial aspect because she has even taught me different ways to look at life and kind of how to finish things. Because one thing that she's very good at is she finishes, as far as I know, everything that she does. She went to the military. Uh, She was in the air. She's in the air force right now. She's in the, uh, she went to Towson university. She got a double major and maybe a double minor from there. Uh, She used to walk to work to save money she bought her car just so she walked to work like several miles to get to work every day it didn't matter if it was raining or snowing or cold or whatever so she could save money to buy her car all cash because she did not have a loan on a car like that's the kind of person that she is she's that kind of like dedicated persistent person so i'm not on that level but a lot of it's rubbed off on me and we have conversations and one thing she had always told me is that i don't finish things so i'm like okay she's like yeah don if you gotta finish even if you don't like it, you gotta finish it so i'm like all right I started, taking, I started internalizing that and going, okay, even if I don't like something, I'm going to try and at least finish it out so I can say, okay, I did it and that's it. So what episode was it? So it was episode 26 that we had her on the podcast. Um, so it, like I said, because of her, that's where I am right now. So uh, about two months ago, I had said to her, hey, you know, I can I borrow some money and I'll pay you back? Uh, you know, at the end of the year, I figured worst case scenario, if I don't make any money wholesaling, then I could at least do uh get back on the bike and start riding my bike again or something like that or use the money that my other sister Jasmine was gonna give me uh to pay off Nephi. So she had I had kinda did the math to figure out how much money I'm gonna need for my expenses for the next three months? It's been three months? It was three months. Yeah, well, it was only three months. So it was, I, I came up with about fifty two hundred dollars. So she has sent me about $2000 so far because I, I I was trying to figure out how I can use my own money too that I have left over here and there to kind of survive each week. Uh, and Melissa still Melissa gets the what $180 from is it unemployment or from unemployment. So I'm trying to finesse cuz like I guess I don't want I don't want to have to use all the money that she lent me if I you know just splurge in on whatever case might be. So I'm like I'm trying to just push back on how much I need. But since I'm doing wholesaling wholesaling requires uh down payments of EMD, I'm like got you all right so maybe i could use some of that money to do that so funny enough she said that she'll be able to send me this money this week so she sent me she sent me two thousand dollars so far last week she sent me fifteen hundred and then the rest she said she would send me this week plus the four thousand that my other sister was going is going to send me this week hopefully so you know i'm just trying to figure out how can i use all these monies to to benefit and, and move forward on this uh so yes i was just definitely uh i gotta just finesse we got we got two more weeks to get a deal and uh not really to get a deal, but we have two more weeks to to the end of the year and then the moratorium is up next year but i feel like they're gonna do something with that and change it or something like that um so not not change it but extend it so that's kind of where we are right now and as far as moving to atlanta i think that if the moratorium is extended we probably would stay here a little bit longer just because we don't have to rush to get to Atlanta. So um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm trying to speak a little bit louder because I've noticed that for some strange reason, I think that I'm talking, not that I'm talking loud, I think I'm talking normal. So when I'm listening back to it, I sound unenthusiastic. So I think that if I'm louder, it sounds like I have more energy because it requires more energy to speak louder. And funny enough, when I was running a game on girls years ago, or learning the game, that was part of it. It was like kind of speaking loud. And I realized that talking to them that when you're kind of low energy, low monotone like that, you, you, you that, that energy is transferable. People feel that when you're like, Hey, <sighs> yeah, I just, uh, I'm just going, I'm going to the store, you know, welcome to the bamboo project podcast. And it's like, you feel that. And, and I, I, the reason I feel like that is, is because it literally on a physical level, requires you to use more energy to yell than it does to whisper so i think that other people can either pick up on that or feel that when you're talking that you're speaking louder so that's why i've been attempting to speak louder during the podcast i'm gonna see how it sounds afterwards on uh, the the sound it looks on the levels i think it still sounds good so that's a good sign um so yeah i definitely wanted to address that because i want to see how this intro sounds later when i hear it back and i'm speaking a lot louder so mm couple of things that happened this week was I did my, I helped my mom with her campaign. She's running for councilwoman of District 12 in the Bronx. So if you are in the Bronx, District 12, look it up, go vote, you know, write her in, do your thing. Because like I said before, a lot of people always want to vote for the president and then they wonder why their life does not change. It's because the president does not change your life. The people who you vote, who you don't know are running for office in your, in your local area, those are the reasons why your life is, is, is sucked and is fucked up. That's the people, not the president. So uh she was running. What episode was that that I interviewed her? Oh. My mother. What episode you interviewed her? Yeah. What or what? 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 Uh, when was it? When was it Yeah. So it would be called Bronx interviews, possibly, or Joyce Briscoe interview. If you just put that in on uh on YouTube, you can watch uh, my interview with her and over the weekend we had to help with her campaign she had asked us i'm like all right you know cool it was a very very long weekend i'm not gonna lie we were there for two days um we went over there friday morning and stayed over until sunday night and we were walking in buildings you know doing the 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 uh what is it called boots not boots on the ground november 15th, november 15th is the, uh, the interview with my mother um what is it called when you are yeah, we were bootstrapping. That's what we were doing. So she had printed out hundreds of of papers or flyers, you wanna call them because I w they're not really laminated so I don't know if I'll call them flyers, but technically they are flyers. They're just on copy paper. Um and she had her name on, she had what she was running on, she had, you know, how to write her in. And we went to, you know, buildings and we were just putting it in the elevators for everybody. We we're putting it on the mailboxes, we were going to people's houses, knocking on we didn't really knock on no doors, but we put them on the uh on their door in the single family houses. And we were just walking, walking around the projects, uh, Eden Wall Projects specifically in the Bronx. And we were just putting out the uh, the news that she's running for office. So a couple of times we spoke to some people and we explained to them what kind of was going on. But it was just a lot, it was a lot of walking up and down in the elevator waiting you know, for the elevator, things like that. So we probably did like four or five project buildings, like actual buildings. And then we did like, I guess, the lower level building which probably are only maybe five floors or four floors something like that so we did that and then after that we walked down the block and we just went to elder houses on that block and just kind of put the other uh, the notes there so you know i'm hoping that's gonna be that she'll be able to win and the reason i say that is uh, well the, one, the thing about it that i find funny is that she said in the interview last year i believe maybe some person who won won by there's only like four or five hundred votes for them which i think is hilarious because you can go to 500 people yourself and have them vote for you. Like people, the majority, a lot of people already have 500 followers on Instagram or whatever the case might be. So if you have all of those people vote for you, you could become the mayor or not the mayor. You could become a council person in your area. Isn't that crazy? Like if you just had your followers who are near you vote for you, you probably become uh you would be you would be in the office or in, in a in a political office. I think that's so crazy. Um, so we don't really take into account that it's not that many people that need to vote for somebody to win. So she's putting a lot of work in. Then after that, we had went by the church where she was at and we were talking to the coordinator of the people who were actually the coordinator court who we were talking to the coordinator of the polling site. That's what he was. And he was telling us that while he was there, somebody had came and said, hey, I want to vote for Joyce Briscoe. I didn't get to vote for her because her name's not on the ballot. And I'm like, just like that, we could have possibly have lost a vote just because her name's not on the ballot. And so it was supposed to be, but we talked about it in that interview where the people who were actually running did some things to get her off the ballot. It's like nitpicking at her name and how the signatures were and how big the signs. It's just little things like that. So because of those things, they were able to get her off the ballot, but you can still write her in. So they don't tell you that, though. So you have to be informed to know you can write somebody in. So the guy was saying, I wish I could have voted for her, but I didn't know. So now we're hoping that he went and told three other people that then counteract his one vote for the other person that he voted for. So that's what we're kind of hoping for with that. Um And then what else did we do? Uh I think that was it with the campaigning. So the 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 voting ends. The voting ends December twenty second. That's when. That's when you. That's the last date. or that when it ends? December twenty second is election is election day. election day. So we're gonna see what happens December twenty second. What day is that? Okay. So that means that. That's that means that on the podcast, maybe yeah, depending on what time, it's probably be at night, though. So I will put it on my page that day. And then uh, the 29th, you will hear what the what the outcome was. Um, the There's two more things I want to kind of touch on. Because while we were doing this, uh, how did this come up? We were talking about guys approach. Oh, Melissa was telling me that she feels more comfortable talking to people now because she's been doing this with my mom and nephew for a while. Kind of just going out and campaigning and giving, you know. The uh, flyers to people and explaining what's going on with the election. So my whole thing with that is, before I believe she felt uncomfortable with talking to people, but nothing changed other than her mindset and her approach to talking to people. The people she's talking to have not changed; they're still random people she doesn't know. And I think that it's very important to remember that the person, like how you see the world, is your perspective. So if somebody looks scary to you, they're going to be scary to you. If you think, if you perceive them to be scary, then it will be scary. So now that she perceives people to not be a threat, she can talk to them and she can be calm and explain to them, hey, this is what's happening. That's going on. Um, And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I feel like a lot of times girls are either scared when a guy approaches them on the street or they're angry when a guy catcalls them uh, or they are. They just get emotional or annoyed when something happens with a male on the street. Right. And. They all, the, the argument is that men should be trained how to handle looking at a woman they don't know and talking to her or not talking to her if they don't, you know, if she does not be talked to. And I always say that I disagree with this logic because some men are going to be crazy and some men are not trained properly. You just can't help that. But what you can do is you can help how you react. Like you can change how you react to them. So personally, what I always tell Melissa is like, Hey, the majority of people you walk past and that say something to you. They're still regular people. So if you treat them like they're some type of rapist, they're going to be upset. If you try to run away or start yelling at them, yeah, don't talk to me. You ain't don't leave me alone. You fuck. If you start doing all of that, not a person feels insulted. Now they go, okay, I need to do something back to you. Now, is that the right thing to do for them to want to attack you? Of course not. Right. Should you have to worry about, about you provoking them? Yes, you should. Why? Because it can still end in something happening to you. And what you want to do is avoid a situation in its entirety. I've talked to people before, women before, where they have said that they have more or less befriended a catcaller and the catcaller helped them in a situation where they felt uncomfortable. And when I say befriended, I to mean be cordial with. So somebody catcalls in the street, they go, hey, you look so pretty or whatever they might say say thank you I appreciate that and you keep walking they come up to you and say hey can I talk to you I'll get your number if you're walking in a direction you can say hey listen I'm walking down this block you want to walk with me fine but I'm not going to stop talk- I'm not going to stop walking that's somewhere to go oh you know I just know you have a boyfriend now nah, I don't have a boyfriend whatever the case might be can I get your number and this is why I brought something in the first place I was thinking right I would I think girls should get a cash app business card and say listen if you will want me to take you seriously here's my cash app card right here okay you could send me a hundred dollars, and we could talk about us. Uh, you could even we could have a conversation after this if you're serious about even talking to me. Here's, a, here's my Cash App right now. The reason I came up with this too is because while we were walking, I had seen somebody else passing out his business card for us to go and work with him. at what does he do? Uh, he is a youth counselor. Yeah, he was a youth counselor, and I was like, Dag. If Melissa and I had a, had a bamboo project you know, YouTube business card, we could have handed him ours as he handed us his. He was handing us a flyer for someone that was running against the mom. He asked us, hey, are you voting for anybody this year? And I'm like, yeah, definitely. Are you voting for anybody this year? He was like, yeah. So he got to give me a flyer for who he's voting for. And I was like, huh. Okay. I'm like, I got a flyer for him too. So I pulled out my flyer. I'm like, yeah, while we vote for her, you should vote for this person. And he was just like, and he was just like, um what did he say oh he was kind of taken back because he was like oh I, I didn't know that you were running i'm like yeah yeah we're doing the same thing sir we are both out here trying to get somebody in the office that should be in the office i don't know about your person though who should, if he should be in the office or not but i know that our person should be um so i just think it would have been funny because after we handed him our flyer he gave us his flyer he then proceeded to give us his business card and i'm like dag i can't follow up on my business card i don't have one and i was just like wouldn't it be great if girls could just have business cards of questions and it has answers to guys' responses. Like, it has answers to guys' uh, yeah, gets responses, right? So if a guy comes up to you and you have, he goes, uh, if a guy comes up to you and he says, hey, miss, can I talk to you? Get a business card, right? And it has all the responses to everything he might ask you. Can I talk to you? Not right now. I'm walking to, you know, somewhere else. Oh, but do you have a boyfriend? I don't have a boyfriend. Or if you say, I do have a boyfriend, he hits you with the, well, you can't have friends. You have a response. I can have friends. That I know and meet. Well, where would you where would you meet your friends at? In a in a social setting. In a social setting, you say, "Listen, oh, you go follow me on Instagram." Listen, here's my Instagram. Okay, and this is what I think girls need to understand: having social skills. If a guy comes guy comes up to you and says, "Hey, can I get your Instagram?" You go I get your phone number. You go, "Listen, listen here, Joe. I, wish, I don't even know your name. You came up to me right now. You don't even know my name. You told me your name, and now you're making me give you my phone number. That's come on, come on, Joe. What are you doing?" okay my name is joe all right joe listen here's my instagram okay we can talk on instagram if things go well i'll give you my number then but until then you know if i see you again we say hi I keep it cordial most guys if not the majority of all guys are gonna be like okay I, I can respect that you didn't hurt their feelings you're still safe and now if you see them again you'll be like hey what's up joe i seen you what's going on and now it might turn to something else it might turn into like a hey uh you know let's say your name is uh joanne you're joanne he's joe all right he like, hey, Joanne, I actually know, you know, you're looking for a job. I saw Instagram you need a job. I know somebody that's hiring or I know a thing that you might need. Now you're building relationships with people. It doesn't have to always be, oh, my God, every guy that says hi to me and wants to flirt with me is trying to fuck. And that's all we're going to do is fuck. Just be a normal human being. Have some uh, uh, social and conversational skills. So the last thing I want to touch on for my life update is uh, DK4L. you guys are unfamiliar i have said this before they are one of the reasons why i got into youtube in the first place they were making uh videos on youtube of pranks and challenges and things like that and vlogs of them traveling and they had eclipsed multiple major uh uh youtube channels at the time oprah breakfast club they just huge they had huge follow. they had like millions of followers years ago four or five years ago right and i was like wow this four years ago i'm like wow this is crazy Who are these people They got views. They have videos with 23. They had videos with 23 million plus views and things like that. So I'm just like, wow, this is insane. So uh, the K and DK 4 L had did some things a couple of years ago where he got caught up in some nonsense with another female. Right. I had said this before I saw a video where I was like, "Mm, I don't really know if they like each other. I don't know. I don't know if he really likes her like that. Because one thing I've noticed is that it seems as though guys are more likely to cheat. 40 minutes? What's that? 209? Oh, I'm I'm to that too. Uh, guys. Wow, that's crazy. Guys are more likely to cheat on girls that they don't view as intelligent. I don't know. I guess it might be a turn off. I think that it's a lack of respect. So, and now again, you can be intelligent to get cheated on. But if you act unintelligent, then you probably get cheated on more, more often. Especially if you act emotionally unintelligent. I think that's a the grounds not the grounds but i think that's one of the reasons why a guy will cheat if you don't understand how he acts emotionally or how he interprets things emotionally if you don't have a high emotional iq then you can't deal with him with his emotions and that's gonna i believe that's one of the things that will cause him to cheat um so with her with the d and dk4l i feel like she's very she was very young at the time she was very kind of goofy she doesn't seem like very book smart um I don't even know if she's very street smart either. I don't really know. She's a cool person. So, oh, from what I've seen on, on YouTube, let me put that out there. Uh, so, again, recently, he got caught up in some other nonsense where he grabs some girls' butt. If you want to go find that, it's on YouTube all over the place. Just put, you know, the K DK and D DK4L, DK4L grabs girls' butt. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think that it's wild. They haven't put out a video really uh, uh, addressing this, and they are probably going to be together. Right now, I think they're back together right now. And I'm bringing this up because I think it applies to multiple people outside of just them individually. But then specifically for the first part of this, what I'm about to say. They are very popular. A tweet that she had tweeted years ago had said Nicki Minaj messed up this Yo Gotti song with her remix. Something to that effect, right? And then somebody quote tweeted it and said, or commented and said, at least Hurricane didn't cheat on her though. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Like this, this comment or this tweet is from four years ago and you're quote tweeting it and commenting on it about what's happening with her now. I'm like, that's crazy. And I'm just wondering what kind of pressure that puts on somebody in a relationship. Because what I noticed is that she turned off her Instagram uh, comments, right? So you can't, no, no, her Twitter comments, you cannot uh, write her on Twitter unless she what is it called when they when they respond? Like nah, she has to she has to like be directly talking to you for you to respond to her. Mm. That's the only way that you that you can respond. And I think it's crazy because imagine every imagine you take your man back after he cheated on you, right? And every single day, a hundred people are like, "Damn, you are dumb." Damn, that's what I'm saying. I was I'm being generous. I mean, or conservative, because they have millions of followers. So I'm like, imagine every day you get up. there's thousands of people just like. I say hundreds because I feel like they have millions, but I don't know if thousands people are talking about them like like now still. I definitely think there's hundreds of people still tweeting them. like, damn, you, you're you not like, you stupid. While well, you take him back, he's going to cheat on you again. I'm pretty sure she gets hundreds of those. Right. And I'm like, damn, just as a human being, you take your man back after cheat on you because emotionally you want to be with him. But every single day you have to see somebody telling you that you're stupid for doing that. So I'm just wondering how that affects their relationship going forward. And because it's such a public figure, I'm wondering how they're going to get over the fact that their job relies on them being in the public and they are going to attempt to not address the situation in a video. Cause I think if they go into a video and explain, I think they will be, they'll have a better chance of addressing it depending on what is said in the video. But if they don't address it in a video, I don't really know what happens from here. Like do people just ignore the fact that that happened? People are just going to be like, all right, well, yeah uh we're just gonna forget that 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 happened yeah just gonna brush it under the rug so i'm really curious to see how this plays out because they stopped doing vlogmas which is when people will vlog every single day and they do that every year they used to they had really big vlogmas They they would go out and pay for a whole new intro and things like that they were doing it big so they decided this year not to do it because they want to work on their relationship so i'm very curious to see what goes forward with this on in their youtube personality uh on their channel so that in today's life update the next segment is episode playback right so i listened to the last episode this morning and one thing i have to i'll remember going forward because i was i was kind of bored myself honestly uh if if i have something that's i guess i don't understand completely in its entirety then i should not start off the podcast with that because i'm listening to that and i'm just like damn this is rough and it's like that's, that's the intro to the podcast like you put it on and you're trying to hear me explain a PCR test coronavirus uh spike proteins and I'm just like I'm listening to it like damn and imagine a person who has no uh no understanding of ev- or reference point of what I'm talking about it's just straight science stuff so I think that that I'm gonna have to try to get around doing that again um oh I want to bring up I don't know if I, I don't know if I brought it up before me getting kicked out of uh out of a clubhouse room, but no, I guess no, kicked out of clubhouse. The uh, I was on a panel for Doctor Sabi, that's what it was, and these people in the room were medical professionals who made a room, and it was called debunking Doctor Sabi, and I'm like, okay, what are we talking about here? I mean, you know, if y'all know on the channel, we have a lot of Doctor Sabi inspired foods, and I've been studying Doctor Sabi for years now, so. I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on. I'm thinking maybe I can either learn something or I can help somebody else learn something. So I come into the room and it's led by uh, some black women. I saw a black. There was one black guy, I think, that was there who, for all intents and purposes, I, he could have been he's acting very feminine, in my opinion. Uh, so we get, we get, I get in the room. I'm trying to get on the stage. I'm like, I want to talk about this because what it seems is that they were highly misinformed about Dr. Sabi on every aspect of what he is and what he does. And I think the problem is that because they're in the medical profession, they think that they can make fun of and mock and demonize Dr. Sabi for what he was trying to do. And I would have a problem if they were doing that if they had a basis on why they were doing it. But when we ask them questions about what they believe about Dr. Sabi, they don't have any answers. One girl in particular said that well, she was—I think she was a doctor. Uh, she was like, "I can't believe he wrote a book that says that he that he can cure herpes with food." That's impossible. Well, how he put that out there, he's peddling that kind of information that's not true. Now, another guy came on and was like, well, he actually never wrote a book. He died before he could write a book. So whoever wrote that book was not him. And it's like, if you do your research, you would know this, but y'all don't. Oh all yeah, because you're in the medical profession, you appeal to authority and you feel like, okay, I know what I'm talking about because I study these books. But it's like, if who wrote the books for you? Have you guys studied Dr. Sabi? And I thought, honestly, going into that room that it would be people who are, doctors who kind of studied dr tabby's methods and then debunked it that's not what it was there's a bunch of people who had no idea of what it was other than the fact that food can cure diseases and they were like nah it's impossible that's not it's not a thing it can't happen so the rooms are getting bigger It's like 500 people in there maybe 600 people in the room after a while so i was annoyed about it before i got on stage because i'm like okay y'all just talking some craziness i get on stage and now, one of the problems that I ran into when I got on stage was that, one, I was very hyped up and excited, right? So, when I was talking, I was kind of rambling, rambling without an actual uh, conclusion to what I was saying. I was just kind of saying things about Dr. Savy And I was also annoyed because of how they were portraying him. And third, I wasn't speaking in the language of a, of a doctor. So, all those three things combined didn't make for a... Comprehensible monologue, I guess you could say, because Clubhouse is normally one person will be talking at a time. So because of all of those things, even though what I was saying was true, I would I was saying it in a way that allowed them to nitpick at the words that I chose. So one thing I said was, like, let's say I get confused between elements uh, and atoms, things like that, right? I don't even know, I forgot which one is which. So I said that there are alkaline atoms, or no, I said they're alkaline atoms mineral is what i said alkaline minerals and they were like oh no that's impossible there's no such thing what's the name of what is the what is the alkaline mineral huh and i'm like oh let me think about it what there is no alkaline mineral and i'm like okay i'm like uh you know what i'm referring to if you're a doctor your job is to know the words that i'm talking about if You know what I'm trying to say. That's on you. I mean, it's not on you because I'm the one saying it. But if we're having an understanding or trying to figure out something or come to a solution or an agreement here, then you bring your knowledge to the table and I bring my knowledge to the table. I have not went to medical school. So I don't know the terms that I don't have the terms in my regular vocabulary to use. I don't use those words every day. So you guys do. So thankfully, somebody in the audience, I might have been a doctor. Somebody was like, yeah, there are such things as. Alkaline uh elements that are on the periodic table, like they're on there. They, you know, and they were naming it the the earth metals or things like that. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Like you know what I'm trying to say. Don't try and. I think it's called a. Uh, is it the scarecrow argument or the? Can you look that up? Is it the, the straw man? The straw man theory, straw man argument, which is where you kind of nitpick at something that I'm not talking about to disprove my initial um my initial argument. So that's if I say. An example of the straw man theory would be, I know I saw you yesterday by the store. You were wearing a red shirt and you would go, that wasn't me. I wasn't wearing a red shirt. And it's like, yeah, but you were there. Like I saw you at the store. I have you. I know it was you, but right. It was magenta. And it's like, but it was you, but you told me it was a red shirt. So it couldn't have been me. And it's like, okay, if you want to nitpick about the actual color and what, number on the the Rubik's, what is, what is that thing called the rgb code if you want to if it's a y l double o x then sure we can argue about that but then we avoid the actual point of why were you at that store when you told me you weren't gonna be at the store that's the problem that i had in that room with them so as i got on the stage like i said my problem which i fully acknowledge is that i was rambling and i was kind of annoyed so i was probably coming off as kind of aggressive so when i was done i stopped talking right what happened was I waited to be able to speak my piece because when I first got into the room, there weren't many people on the stage who knew about Dr. Sapi. So I'm like, okay, I kind of want to answer the questions and then kind of dispute the things that people are saying about him or the things or the method or the electric food diet that they don't understand. And I can explain it. So I'm waiting. I'm being patient. I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, hey, people are coming on the stage. They're talking. I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait my turn. I got kicked off of the stage and sent back to the audience. So now I'm annoyed because I'm like. We were having a conversation. Y'all are talking to people who don't know about it, so y'all are making it seem as if y'all are right because the people y'all are talking to don't don't know the diet. All they've done is seen the the pictures on all the memes online where it says mucus is the death is the death of you, and don't have mucus in your body. That's all they see. So I'm trying to go in there and explain to them, okay, this is what that means. This is what they're trying to say. I was moved to the audience, so I can't in the audience you can't speak. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like now I'm pressing the, the raise your hand button in Clubhouse to get back on the stage, right? I get back on the stage. Actually, before I even get back on the stage, people are people are saying other people who know about the diet are on the stage, referencing what I said, saying yeah, yeah, there was a guy here earlier who was talking about the metals and the minerals and the periodic table and the food and how it helps, and you know he was talking about it. So when I'm I'm pressing the, the raise my hand button and get back on the stage. I finally get back on the stage, so I'm like okay, I'm listening, I'm waiting. So as we're talking, or as uh, I think I was about to say something, and. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to talk, I have to talk louder because people are not hearing what I'm saying. So as everybody started talking at the same time, right, everybody at the same time is talking, they go, hey, listen, Donovan, if you cut people off again, we're going to kick you out the out the, the, the whatever, the uh, off the stage. So I'm like, as I was talking, there are four other people talking at the same time, but they chose, it was one person in particular, Kimberly, chose me as a person to not be on the stage if I start uh whatchamacallit? If I start cut people off. So I'm like, all right. So I said my thing is like I said, last time I didn't cut nobody up. I got moved from the stage to the audience. This time I'm like, hey, I wanna say something. They're like, oh, what, what, what? people are talking. I'm like, all right, cool. Then it happens again. So somebody finished this is the weird part about this is the hard part about Clubhouse. You're trying to time the best point which when you should talk, right? Because you're like, okay, if somebody finished talking, okay, now I'm going to say my piece. But if other people start talking, everybody's trying to time their their point, everybody starts talking at the same time. So this happens. Somebody is talking maybe like a minute or so. I'm like, they finished talking. I'm like, okay, I'm going to explain why what they're saying is incorrect. So I'll unmute myself. I start talking. While I'm talking, someone else starts talking. And someone else starts talking. And someone else starts talking. And then they go, you know what, Donovan? You can't be in the room no more. You got you to go back to the audience. And I got to take back to the audience again, right? So now I'm annoyed because I'm like... You guys are one, not addressing what I said, two, you're lying about was going on, and three, you kicked me down to the audience the first time for not speaking, and the second time for cutting people off. So I'm like, now I'm annoyed. So that was just my experience with that part of the clubhouse. So I think that, again, my approach to it is the issue. Melissa got on clubhouse later, and I think this is a funny thing about it. So Melissa got on clubhouse, and she was telling me earlier that she, well, she was telling me earlier I should have cut people off, and I was explaining to her the same thing I just said right now. When she got on, it was, it was her turn to speak. They say, "Hey, you know, Melissa, your turn. you were next in the line or the queue. What do you want to say?" So she starts explaining everything, right, about the about the about the diet. She's done. Somebody had no why She was talking. Somebody said, "Did you what? What word was that? Did you say oxidize or oxidate? What oxidation? Or oxidize? What word did you use?" She was like, "I said oxidize." Oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. So she finished talking, explaining it, and they were like. Okay, so who's next and who wants to talk up, you know, who wants to come up next and talk? And I'm like, so when she comes on here and explains it verbatim and word for word, what y'all, what y'all know is incorrect. And she debunks what y'all think as medical professionals was incorrect. Y'all don't have nothing to say. It's just, all right, well, uh, who's next that we can try and pick on? Because obviously we can't pick on her. And they just left it alone. Nobody said anything about it. Nobody responded to her. Nobody answered her. It was under the rug. And that's one of my issues too. That's kind of something similar I do on the podcast because one thing I've learned is that when you make a good point, most people just stop talking. So now you don't even get to have that conversation anymore because they don't want to even seem bad or wrong. They just go, okay, all right, all right. I can't prove you wrong, but all right, I don't believe you, but I can't prove you wrong. And it's like, what? So for me, when I speak the way I speak now, which is without all of the big words that I used to use, you know, years ago. It's because I feel like it's easily digestible to other people. Now, the downside of that is when I get into a room of intellectuals, because because I don't use those words as often, I don't have them on a ready to go. So then my words come off as uninformed and uneducated. And it's like, damn, I got to find a middle ground between using words that people understand and can readily identify with and also being able to explain a theory uh, in detail. So that's kind of what the experience was on Clubhouse at the end of it. I just think it's crazy. And And then Melissa just listen. This is what's what's today's date? Today is December fifteenth. 15th, 15th. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Did I did I not pay my? I hope I didn't. Oh fuck. Please somebody didn't miss my payment. I feel like I did. Fuck. I think I missed my fucking credit card payment. That's mad. So, oh fuck. Why didn't y'all tell me? What? So, yeah, so December 15th, um, I want to put this out here because Melissa was out because that was her first time of being, I guess, I guess going viral or I guess being seen by a lot of people, I guess. I don't know how to really I don't know what to call it. When she got up on stage, people were tweeting because there was a hashtag for this particular room. So Melissa ended up getting into arguments with multiple people in her on Twitter about the situation and she was not handling it well. She was very angry. She wanted to keep going back and forth with them. She wanted to prove her point. She didn't want to look bad or look stupid to them. And I don't think that that mentality is going to work going forward. If we're going to be very popular, uh, very successful, I don't think that that is the best way to go about it. So I think today or that day was a good, way, a good time or her first time kind of experiencing what it's going to be like to be known by a lot of people. Um, and I think you know, hopefully the next time it happens she can handle a lot better because she was fuming like she was highly upset she wanted to keep responding to people she wanted to insult them and make fun of them and tell them that they're ugly and that they're fat because you know that's why their diet doesn't work for them because they don't want to eat better and they only to eat oreos and pudding and stuff and i'm like it's almost like arguing with a brick like it doesn't make any they did the people do not want to be wrong even if you give pure pure evidence which what she did once she did it they were like well where's that article from or one girl said if my body only allows me to eat banana pudding and Oreos, that's what I'm gonna eat. And it's like, why are you? Why would you argue with somebody like that? If they're, if she believes that she should only be eating banana pudding and Oreos, it's like, what is? What come on? What kind of person is this? And then one thing I learned too from that interaction is that how fast. A, yes, one thing that happened that comes from that situation that I learned is how fast uh, a that taught me how fast a situation can go from being little to being very big because when you're on Twitter right people are just kind of commenting and they might see a quote or a tweet and be like oh this is dumb and then just you know keep pushing right but being on the other end of it I was able to see how it affected Melissa where it's like somebody may just comment something now I don't know if the person who saw it may have felt like they may have just felt like oh yeah that's that's funny or that's silly or they might just laugh at it because it's whatever but on her end it's like this person laughing at me or oh, do think what i'm saying is wrong what's wrong with them why are they why are they saying this to me and i'm like damn this could be really crazy for other people who are behind this because i have probably quote tweeted mad things i thought was funny or thought it was ridiculous and just kind of put it out there not thinking that a person behind this is gonna be like oh my god how would they say this about me when i was talking when i first got onto the clubhouse stage about dr Savy and one guy tried to come at me for using the word alkaline mineral and saying that it's not a real thing, right? My my body felt like telling him suck my dick. That's what my body felt like saying, right? But I think it's crazy because I don't think I would have said that in person. Only because I mean the fact that the person is not there. But my my instant reaction was to just be like yo suck my dick. Like you doing too much. That that was my first instant reaction. I'm like, damn, social media could really have somebody fucked up because I didn't say anything because I would. The reason I didn't say anything, too, is because I know if we were in person that would have been held would have been handled very differently. Like it would have been like, yo, so explain to me why you think minerals are are wrong or explain to me why you think there are no such thing as alkaline minerals. That's what would have happened. But because there is no actual dialogue, it's just try and get your thing out first. My instant reaction was to say that. So I think that that's another problem with social media is that it really intensifies your emotion on there. So something that can be as small as a, so you telling me alkaline minerals are not real goes to suck my dick is wild to me. And I'm like, I had the wherewithal to not say that. There are many people who I know don't have that in them to be like, yeah, I feel like I'm not going to say that on social media because to them, there's no repercussions for that. For me, I'm like, I wouldn't say this in real life to you. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say this on social media because I wouldn't say it in real life. And it probably wouldn't even, it wouldn't even get to that point if we were talking in real life anyways. So I'm like, it's just crazy how being on Clubhouse really made me get to that space where I'm like, oh, I'm really about to violate and say something crazy. And the last thing I want to get to was Isaiah Williams' book I talked about. What I want to clarify about the video, I say he can't post any videos. What I, what I was trying to say is that how he was feeling during that accident or after the accident, his thoughts are only in his head like they're only there as far as you can't pull your thoughts out you can write them down but everything you were thinking how you were feeling in that moment is only going to be there you remember it's only like it's like a memory so only he will be able to know exactly what he felt like and exactly what he was going through oh my god hey alfred How's it going? Good. I just emailed you a few documents to e-sign. Okay. I don't know if you um, see them as yet. No, I didn't look I at them yet. The, 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 the agreement of sale and um, uh, just some documents to say, you know, I'm representing you and a buyer agency contract consumer notice and a deposit money notice as well. Okay. Um I'm gonna send I'm gonna email you some more documents to sell disclosure of the property. Yeah. Sell disclosure and the lead base. Okay. let's review an uh, initial sign. Alright, that sounds good. So I'm kinda busy right now, so I'm just gonna take me maybe thirty or forty five minutes to look at it. Alright, no problem. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, so yeah, so the last thing I want to touch on what, what time are we at right now? Okay, so we probably have like an hour. I eh, know like fifty five to an hour. Um he scrolled down. Oh, before I get to the next topic, I wanted to say that make sure I clarified it. His thoughts are only going to be with him. So he can always use his thoughts to he'll always remember how he felt before. He'll always remember how he always he may have thought, you know, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna give up. I don't wanna do this. He'll always remember that. So whenever he's doing something new, that's gonna be hard. He'll remember, yo, I wanted to give up before, after the accident, and I didn't do it then. I'm not going to give up now. So that's something I definitely want to, you know, kind of clarify. No Donovan's questions this week. And the last, the topic for today is have the energy, money, or network. I think that to be successful, you have to have one of these three things. And you have to have it in abundance to to overcome the other issue that you may not have or you may be lacking lacking in. So... When I say have the energy, right, that means that right now we're doing wholesaling and we have a lot of energy to make phone calls, be up all night looking for properties, building, you know, just putting a lot of actual man labor into it. A lot of thinking, just a lot of energy that we need to do that. Somebody who doesn't have the time to do it or does not have maybe they're older, they're in hospital, things like that. They don't have the energy to do those things. So by that, it means, okay, what is your competition doing? If you don't have the money to fight them, you have to outwork them. You have to go, okay, I am going to go door to door like my mom is doing. I'm going to make sure that I'm putting in as much energy as I can to beating you. I don't have the money or the network to do it, but I do have the energy, which you don't have because maybe you're just lazy. Maybe you don't want to go door to door to the projects to give out your flyer. Maybe you don't want to make phone calls every day, all day, you know, to get your first wholesale deal. So for us, we have the energy. So that's how we are going to attack, you know, the competition. Now, like I said, apply that to the same thing, whatever, which, whatever you're doing. The second thing is having money, right? So if you don't have energy, some people come into a lot of money. They're like, you know what? I got a, inherit, a, a settlement. or I got an inheritance from some of my family or some friends. I'm going to just pay somebody to go to all of the houses and give them, uh, you know, flyers. I'm going to pay somebody to do all the calling for me for wholesaling and find agents and things like that. I can pay for marketing. I can just pay for all of those things. Right now. This is good. This help this is very helpful too, because you can, if you have enough money. Let's say that Melissa and I, my mom and my sister, only went to Edenwall. If you have enough money, you can pay somebody to put flyers on seven different project areas. You can have them. You can have them put the the, the uh, flyers over there. You can put the money on a bus. Uh, the flyers on a bus. You can put the flyers uh in a train station. You can pay for marketing on TV. If you have the money, you can do that. Now, the, like I said, the difference is you have to be able to compete. So whatever amount of energy you need to compete with that much money is what you'd have to do for that now the problem with having a lot of money is you're further detached from the situation it's like okay i have all of this this money but i don't know how the people people might just take the flyers and throw them in the garbage people might just come and curse out one of the people who are giving the flyers to. so there's more of a trade-off to that me personally i'm an energy guy i like to put out a lot of energy that's just my i like that because it's solely on me on how much i can get done I like having the other two as well. It's the best to have all three. But if I had to pick one, I like energy. Um, then there's money, like I just said. Now, the third one is network, right? Now, I think that network networking is probably the easiest because you don't need any money and you don't really need much energy. The issue that I personally have with networking is that you have to sacrifice yourself for the network that you have. Now, I have... People that I know that like to have relationships with people. They prefer to have relationships. As far as oh, I can call up this guy, I can call up that guy, and call up this person, call up that person. But what that comes with is usually when they call you, you need to do some, you need to do something for them. You need to do something for them. <clears throat> also, it's how did you get to the situation where you're at? Where did I really put 2500 dollars on the EMD? So with the network is usually at the sacrifice i say sacrifice your soul for it because a lot of times people feel like well you owe me now like i did something for you you do something for me and it's very much helpful though to have a network because you can get your bus you can get your flyer on a bus for free just because you know the person that owns the bus you know the person that owns the marketing company on the bus and they just do you a favor but you also like i said have to sacrifice yourself to get to that point so that usually means a lot of running around a lot of ass kissing a lot of uh, you know, dick sucking, a lot of that stuff you have to do to be able to build that kind of network. Now, that's 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 usually That's what I've that's what I've seen from building a network. But I do think that it has the most benefit of having a network to be able to just say, hey, I can call somebody to get to get you that. I can call somebody to get you that. I'm the plug. I got all the connections, right? For me, which one do you which one do you prefer? Do you think you would be out of energy, money, on networks? Mm-hmm. So like the clothing and stuff like that. Yeah. So i said me, I like the energy because I get to I get I have more control over what's happening. I can the energy that I put in can bring me money and bring me a network. The network can't really bring you energy and money can't really bring you energy either. You can have other people doing things for you, which is a form of energy, but it's not the best kind of energy. For me, it's like, hey, I can call you on the phone right now and build a relationship with you based off of, hey, I put in so much work on my own to, you know, find this deal for you. And here you go. Just like that. built, I'd rather build a network that way for putting in a lot of energy and building up a network from how much energy I put into it. Um, I think that that's the most solid way you can get things done. And then if you have put enough energy in to yourself, you can make the money and make the network from the energy. So me personally, I'm energy. I'm curious. Other people think other people might be feel like other people might feel like, listen. I just want to have the money and give it to other people. Do all the work for me, and I will just have to pay for the losses that come with that. And other people might feel like, listen, I don't mind, you know, kissing ass a little bit, and you know, and sm- what's it called, smoozing, smooching, just, S- smoozing. I feel like that's, I feel like that's close. Yeah, I feel like it's yeah I was, I, right. Some people, some people don't mind smoozing. I think that's the word. It's feel like that doesn't sound right. Is it? Y'all know what the word is, okay? some people don't mind doing that and they get successful because like I said imagine this you could be a regular guy on the street and have the connections and end up being the president of a company just because somebody likes you and you have that that network built there you could have things happen for you just for that network so it's all up to you what do you want to do where do you want to be I feel like it's very important to think about that but definitely remember it's those three things you have to have and if you don't know which one you have then you need to find out which one you have. Do you have a network of people that you can talk to whenever you want? Because you're probably already in a situation right now. You probably already have money and just don't have a network of people that talk to you. And you don't have energy to do anything, but you have money. You don't know what to do with it. You have a network, but you have no money. You can get money. Well, actually, you don't really need money with a network. But now the issue with a network is you don't have anything for yourself as a network. Everything you have relies on everybody else around you. And I don't like that. I like energy because everything around me depends on what I have to do. So and I can build money and network from energy. Other ones don't go the other way. um So and a, and a money, a network built with money is probably not going to be as sustainable either way too. So that's that. Now the last topic I want to touch on was that people will want you to lie to them and then resent you for doing it. I feel like I vaguely touched on this last week, but I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Um, Oh, I talked about the babies. Can you go back up? How did I forget that? All the way up. Yeah. Okay, so I guess I tie this into that. So one thing I said earlier, or one of the topics earlier was actually I'm not gonna I'll just leave it. I'll bring it back for next week. Um, so people want to lie to you and then you for doing it. This is a problem that I had with running game on girls. I definitely think that it's more of a I don't know if it's an emotionally immature thing or where it comes from, but people will get mad at you, right? You'll ask you a question, and they want the honest answer from you, right? They want you to tell them the truth. You tell them the truth, and then their reaction is to try and hurt you emotionally because you hurt them, right? And I think that that's crazy because you'd want the truth from me. You say you asked me, "Does that dress look good?" I said no, and now you're like, "Well, your shirt's ugly too," and it's like. What was that for? And you're like, oh, well, because you told me the dress is ugly. And it's like, but you asked me what my truth was, and I told you my truth. And then what happens is, if you don't tell them the truth, right, they know that the dress is ugly. Inside, they know. And they only want you to verify whether or not what what they feel in their head is true, right? And if you don't do it, when they leave, they're going to be like, damn, this person just don't be telling me the truth. They, I want them to tell me the truth. It will have what comes from that is really an underlying pettiness. That's what happens. It's they hold on to that. In their body, they know the truth. They know that they are either ugly, they know that they are fat, they know that they have been lying, or they know that they have been doing things that are wrong. They inherently know this, right? And if you don't tell them, it just makes them feel worse because, like, damn, why is nobody telling me the truth? And it builds up a resentment for people around them. It's what you would call a yes man. I believe that people who have yes men resent them because, like, damn, I can't trust y'all. Y'all say yes to me for anything that y'all want to come up with. Anything I ask you a question, you just say yes to. And as I keep saying, it builds up a resentment to those people inherently. And what happens is now you want to kind of lash out at them, but you lash out at them in circumstances that don't, that do not relate to what they said to you originally. So, for example, think of it like this. You ask somebody, uh... Do you like my song? And they like, yeah, that song is fire, right? And they know the song is trash. They like, oh, okay, all right. And they know you're lying. And what happens is, they know that you're lying. So now what ha- They come back around. Let's say y'all go out to the store, right? Now they now they wanna be petty. Oh, you wanna listen? I'm rambling. So I'm getting tired. That's what's going on. And I'm I'm a, I'm gonna wrap this up another day because I'm getting tired. I have things to do today. Um But we will fix. We will figure this out next week. How much time we have right now? An hour and fifteen. Cause whew, I'm getting. I feel it. I don't want to start. I realize that my cap is like an hour fifteen to an hour thirty. We've done two and a half hour podcast, which is un, which is ridiculous. But for me to still feel like I can move after the podcast, hour fifteen to an hour thirty is pushing it. So I don't know where we are right now, but we probably around that time because I feel my body going. Oh shit! This is this is rough. So um. For you guys, you guys already know, DM me, consultations, can get on the phone, Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and if you have a topic you want to discuss or something you we said that you want us to dig deeper into, you can DM me on the Bamboo Project Podcast Instagram, which is the Bamboo Project underscore podcast, and we are welcoming guests. We might have a guest coming soon, Uh, between 10 and 12 on Tuesdays, okay? And if you have not already, Go check out our social medias, Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. We have multiple different projects, okay? We have the food project, we have the clothing project, we have the music project, we have the fitness project, we have the sports project, and we have the Bamboo Project podcast, which you're listening to right now, okay? Bamboo Project out.